You are listening to the official podcast for ICGC Calvary Temple, Teen Chapel. Be blessed as you listen to life-changing messages by seasoned men and women of God. La candosa tele panda car, la idne panda santos, la iripendese, lanaya panda santes, la cosata, in a canda ya lependese, la condosata, le panda in your sire, la canda ya tendese, recosa tele canini asire, laya handa sotes, la hinda ma, la iripendese, la candosata. Raya kende se teya panda kosa, la yi kende se ta le panda rumodea, la kenda sa le kosa teya, re kanda sa ta le panda kosa, re kanda sa te le panda kaya. In the name of Jesus, our Father, thank you for protecting me. Father, thank you for keeping me to this day. Father, thank you, O Lord, thank you. La kando sa ta le kenda sa ya, re kosa te le panda mi asaya, re kando sa ta. Lay Lay Kanda Sa, Lay Kanda Say, Lay Kondo Sata, Elea Panda Car, La Kondo Sata, Lay Kanda Say, Ray Kanda Sa, Lay Kanda Sata.
kingdom and your work in the name of Jesus. Amen. Once again, I have the singular honor to invite our speaker for today, Uncle Ivan. Please let's give him a round of applause. Hallelujah. Good morning. Please look chapter 12. Let's open it. We are reading today's reading. I wanted to make it easy for us and we'll read uh, from the beginning, but no, we'll read today's reading then. Those who are not yet with us will catch up. It's your own job to do. Luke 12. Please, can I have it on the screen? Luke 12. We read it together. Fast, 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 fast. No, no, no. Please not amplify. Lenkana 
Lankana Mahasantes, Labrahandata, Inkana Mahasanda Brahanta Palabalabaha, Inkana Mahasanda Dada, Lenke de Bere de Behelia Santes, Lankana Mahasanta and Mahantana Brahantes, Inkanda Brahanda Pasandada, Lankana Mahasanta and Mahasanta, Inkanabada Balabasandada, Lankana Mahasandas, Rankana Mahasanta and Maha, Rankana Balabasantes, Ipalabalabas. Sanda Brahanada, Lankana Mahasanda Maria Satas, Ipana Mahasanada, Lankana Mahasai, Rampana Mahasantes, Ipana Mahasai, Lankana Mahasanta and Maha. Oh, I can't see you pain, I can't feel you pain. Kalabala Mahasanta and Mahasantes, Lankana Mahasanta and Mahasada Balabaha, Lankana Mahasanta and Mahasada. I'm no longer. assurance of salvation, but I've titled it, I am a child of God. Hit your chest and say, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Last week we spoke about salvation. And we spoke about the fact that Jesus Christ came to save us from our sins. He came to die for us. And then he resurrected on the third day. And I told you that the resurrection gives us hope of life. And his death took away our sins. By these two acts, we are children of God. Now, there are, there are certain things that prove that we are children of God. Do you understand? Like, there are some things that we'll do that shows that this person is a child of God. There are certain qualities we have that show that we are a child of God. But the first assurance of your salvation or the first assurance of that, that you are a child of God is the word of God. That is why Uncle Jew was very disappointed when they asked how many of you are doing the Bible reading challenge and you are not reading it. So how do you know you are a child of God? How many of you are having read? How many of you have started? Hey, now you are afraid to raise your hands. Me, I saw all of you. How many of you have started? How many of you are still in Matthew? 
Raise your hands well. You've already disguised us. Raise your hands well. <laughs> How many of you are at Mark? How many of you are with us at Luke? Hey. Okay. But the first assurance of your salvation is that you are a child, is that is the word of God. Right? If you don't if you don't read the word of God, there is, I don't know how you have the confidence that you are a child. How many of you even have confidence that you are children of God? How many of you have confidence? There is something, there is a testimony uh, Pastor Bethmond used to share with us. And he said that when he was in school, he was a, a men's ministry head. And they were planning for men's week. And when they brought the budget, when they created the budget, the budget was big. And everybody was complaining, where are we going to get this money from? He used to tell them that, my papa was sick of baby. Do you know why? It's not, it's, it's not Uncle Seth that has sick of baby. Uncle Seth has sick of baby, but he didn't mean Uncle Seth. He means God has a lot of money. I am a child of God. I don't know what that means to you, but if you check, if you check my social media handles, Instagram, Twitter, uh, WhatsApp, my bio, every, everywhere I am, my bio is, it means everything to me that I'm a child of God. It means everything. I don't know what it means to you, but it means everything. In this day and age where you can buy everything, you can't buy being a child of God. They buy everything. You can buy anything. You buy uh, this thing, admissions forms. You pay school fees. Now, we even buy uh, this thing. Yesterday, Uncle Nicholas and I were talking with Uncle Wilhelm and Ivan and uh, who? Davidson. People buy scholarships. Like, it doesn't make sense. If you have the money, pay the fees. But people buy scholarships. People you are growing. You see that some people sell their love. <laughs> or you don't know. Oh, you get it. People are buying love. You see, somebody is married because when the, the, the guy came to propose to her, he brought a car. You buy, in this day and age, you buy almost everything. Even good health. Last week, Auntie Benny shared her testimony. Do you know that in Ghana, sometimes if you want to, if you want to get certain opportunities to do certain surgeries, you have to pay extra, you pay more than the surgery fee. You have to grease somebody's palms. You have to feed somebody's family for Christmas. You buy, in this day and age, almost anything is bought. Everything. But when it comes to being a child of God, don't buy it. Isn't that good news? I don't know about you, but it's good news for you because I don't have money. <laughs> Not yet. I know I get a lot of money. You people even say amen. I've said amen in my house if I can. But you don't buy your childhood in God. 
First John chapter 5. The first assurance of your salvation is the word of God. First John 5 verse 11. In fact, read from verse 9, please. First John 5 9. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has born concerning his son. Let's go. Whoever believes in the son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe in God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has born concerning his son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Amen. The scripture says that even the testimony of men, we believe it. I've never, I've never, and, and this is a big testimony because it's some, it may look trivial, but it's a very big testimony. I've never gone to school on the first day of reopening wondering whether my fees have been paid before. Never. My father is not a, a rich man. People say I'm a DB. My parents have struggled to make me look like a DB. So that I can work in the DB realms <laughs> and get what the DBs get. But when, my, when I'm going to school and my father tells me, your school fees has been paid, I know my school fees have been paid. Sometimes I don't even ask. It got to a point, I became so um, familiar with going to school knowing that my fees have been paid. The one day they came to sack some MPs children from the class. And they were to me that, hey, these people's parents have more money than me. And even they, they've not paid their school fees. But anytime my father, when, when I was now, I have to buy my own phone myself. They said I'm grown and I'm working, so I have to buy my own things. But when I was younger, my father tells me, tells me, oh, I tell my father, I want this thing. And he tells me, I will get it for you. I'm okay. The only problem is that sometimes you add one day. When you ask the one day, you have to be scared. But when he says, I'll get it for you, or this thing, you get it at Christmas. Whatever happens, I know that latest by 26 December, that thing will be in my heart. Because even the testimony of men, we believe it. When, you go, when we go to court, it's not God who comes to speak to say that this person is lying and this person is telling the truth. Or God comes to say that I saw the thing. It's true, this person killed his brother. It's the testimony of men. And John was saying that even the testimony of men, we believe it. How much more God? Then he says something really interesting. He says that if you don't believe in the Son of God, you've made God a liar. Because if God is telling you that his Son can save you, his Son, he has sent his Son to save you, and you sit back and say, I don't believe this thing. What are you telling God? What are, what are you saying? That God is lying. 
What are you saying? If you don't, if, if you say, I've given my life to Christ, but I still don't believe that I'm going to heaven, what are you trying to tell God? What, what are you saying? That you don't believe that what God said is true. The Bible says that God is not a man that he should repent. You know what? That word repent does not mean that he has done something wrong and he's, he's begging for forgiveness. That word repent means that he should change his mind or he should, he should change his heart towards you. He's not a human being. It's human beings who do that. Today you go to them, they are nice. Tomorrow you go, he's not nice. Sometimes it's not his fault. Sometimes the problems of life has also come to catch him. But the prime, your primary source, see, if somebody asks you, who told you you are a child of God? Tell them the Bible said I'm a child of God. God said I am a child of God. If you have a problem with me being a child of God, go back to the person who told me I'm a child of God. Go and, tell, go and, have, go and have your conversations with me. And as I said, this assurance, it won't come from any, see, if you like, you can just be reciting this thing in your head. I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God. You, you feel that, you, you start feeling that, oh yeah, I'm a child of God. But if you don't read the word of God, the day the devil comes to you with proper temptation, not a, a cheat in your exams, proper temptation, that is when you start doubting whether I'm a child, you are a child of God or not. When, when Recently, a lot of my age mates, a lot of my mates have started questioning Christianity, questioning is God real? Is God, is, does God really care? Am I really God's child? And things like that. Those questions, they come to everybody. They come to everybody. I don't lie to you that it doesn't come, it comes to some people, it doesn't come to some people. So if you think that you'll be living a like a discal Christian life and you'll be able to survive those questions, I'm sorry. They come to everybody. The people who can stand are the people who are in the word of God. If you don't have that assurance from the word, if you don't read the Bible every day, how do you know? There are some questions in this world that when they hit you, you start questioning everything about Christianity. I'm not even kidding. I'm not lying to you. There are some things that when you, there are some questions when you hear, you start wondering, is this really true? See, there was there was a time that. Um, there's this guy in Ghana, you call him Avram Bemoshe or something like that. My friend was watching. My friend is called Jeff. He's my best friend. <laughs> he was he was watching. I don't know where he was that he came across the questions. And Avram Bemoshe is somebody who is strongly against the Bible and Christianity. Always asking plenty of questions. And he asked a very simple question. That why is it that uh, the timing, like during Jesus' crucifixion, the timing in, I think, Matthew is different from the timing in Luke. Because in Luke, I think somewhere, it says that about the, the sixth hour or something, Jesus died. And then somewhere in Matthew, it says about the ninth hour. Hey, the whole morning, come and see us, research. You go on Google and look for something, then you send it to me, then we go and look for something, I'll send it to him. Simple question like this. That morning, I almost believed that the Bible has errors. But the, the answer was very simple. 
And you see, even this, even this question, eh, I, the answer came from study, not reading. So imagine you who are not in reading. You can you don't even know that the timing is different. Am I lying? You don't know. The word of God is your own, is your only assurance, the, the primary assurance. Other things can come, but if you don't have the word of God, when the wind blows, it will blow all the other things away. Jesus spoke about people who built on um, a, a different kinds of soils. And then when the rains came, their houses were blown away. If you don't stand on the word of God, anything you build upon, anything you build upon, that shallow foundation will be blown away. You can be the best Christer. You can be the best intercessor. See, if you come here, you can come and shout from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. Lead the whole all-night prayers. Lay hands on people. Don't fall down. People will be rolling under your anointing. If you don't stand on the word of God, the day somebody comes to ask you a question, you will fall. You will fail. <laughs> if you go to the, the, the working world, there's, there's something that everybody complains about. They said, they said Ghana is how many percent? 60% to 70% Christian. But almost every leader at the top is corrupt. So who is in the church? Most of those people don't have an assurance. See, let's not even kid with ourselves. Most people who say they are Christians do not know that they are children of God. They don't have it at heart. It doesn't mean anything to them. If it means something to, do, to you that you are a child of God, there are certain things that you, you won't even do. There are certain things if you bring my way, I can take a cutlass and chase you. Because you are after my inheritance. You, are not, you don't just want me to, to prosper. You are actually after my inheritance in Jesus. If you come to me with a bribe, I might, I might insult, you, insult your whole generation. My office, they've been forcing, they've been forcing all of us to bet. <laughs> we, are, we are about how many guys are we one, two, three, four, five, six? About ten, ten guys in the office. Apart from my boss, the manager, and um, my boss's uh, personal assistant, and myself, the rest of them bet, including the new interns who came to join us. I thought that one of them was correct. So one time I came to catch him on his phone. His betting apps are like five. And the pressure I've been facing, I entered the office 1st September 2020. Until today, there's not a single day that I'm not asked, why won't you bet? Why won't you stake the bet? Ivan, just take it all. If they put two CDs on this one, you get 2,000. Sometimes they can even do all the, they can take the bet for me and just come and tell me that I should bring the money. I tell them, go away, leave me alone. Some of you, like by now, you've already started betting. See, by the way, if you bet, if you bet here, please stop. The money you think you get, you won't get it. I like to. The other sad thing about betting, when you get addicted to betting, eh? You, you lie to yourself that you want money. Like, I want money. I'm betting because I don't have money. I want money. The day you get the money you want, you still go and bet it. Because you don't believe that you have. That's the way you should have your money. 
You see rich people betting. You think it's because they need money. It's not because they need money. Do you know the investments that work for them? There are rich people whose investments work for them while they sleep. While they are, they are asleep, they are making money. And they are still betting. It's an addiction. Don't let nobody lie to you that you are poor. You need to find some way to, some way to make money. There are different ways of making money. Betting is not part. But that's just by the way. Now, there are other things in our lives that show us that we are children of God. There are certain things that begin to exhibit, that you begin to see in your life. When you start exhibiting those traits, sometimes it's not always like, it won't always be there. But gradually you, you pick it up. And that is what um, ICG, ICGC likes to call the secondary assurances of salvation or the secondary source of assurance. The first one is your sensitivity to God. When you are saved, you become really sensitive to God. It might take a while for you to get there. Like, when I say there, I mean like some of the men of God we know that even when they enter a room, they begin to see the angels all around and things like that, you know. It might take a while for you to get there. But you immediately become sensitive to God. You can, you can tell when God is in a place. Become sensitive to God. Recently, we spoke about hearing the voice of God. When you are born again, expect to hear God. Because it is part of the package. It's part of the package. You become sensitive to God. You can tell. Sometimes you wake up and there's just a song on your heart. The song we sang today. I woke up with it yesterday. And do you know why it's strange? Because the whole week I've been listening to only Christmas music. I don't like to. And this song was playing in my heart yesterday in the morning. And when I came to church, about, about the time we were closing, I think Kainos or something was rehearsing and they were rehearsing the same song. You become sensitive to God. There are certain days that even the, the shirts I wear, my shirt, I choose my shirts intentionally. I don't just pick anything ragamuffin and just wear it. Today I'm wearing white because Prince closed, which I have to get up for Prince College. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes even the shirts I wear, I have to know why I'm wearing the shirts. There was there was one Monday, there was one Monday in my office. Every Monday you wear white. Whether you're on the site, whether you're in the office, anything. Every single Monday, we wear white. And there was one Monday that I just decided not to wear white. I felt like I was just being stubborn. You know, sometimes your stubborn nature comes, you know. And you just have to... <laughs> I felt I was being stubborn. And I wore a darker color, I think dark blue or something. And, and immediately I got to the office, the first conversation I had... The manager was telling the, my immediate boss that, oh, our boss has lost his father-in-law. I just knew. 
I just knew that today is not a day to wear white. When you are a child of God, you are sensitive to God. The next thing is that you are you are sensitive to sin. You see, some of you, there are certain sins that you know that is this is a sin and this is not a sin. Just by reading the Bible, you can tell that okay, this is a sin. Fornication is a sin, adultery is a sin. Um, going to church is not a sin and things like that. But last week we read in James that the person who knows what to do and does not do it to him is sin. It's not just the mere fact that uh, somebody has told you to do something and you do not do it so it's sin. But there are some sins that are on a very thin line. They are on a very thin line. Like for instance, betting. If you check your Bible, I think Uncle Bijou has preached something before. If you check the, your Bible, there's nowhere explicitly that is stated that Hey, child of God, do not bet. If you bet, you go to hell. It's not there. But there are certain things that you immediately begin to tell. You can immediately tell. First John 1 verse 1. Let's read from let's read from verse 5. This is the message that we have. Oh. Please projection. First John 1 verse 5. Okay, let's 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 read. We'll project it, we'll catch up later. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If you say you walk in the light and you are still walking in darkness, um, last last two weeks, Monday Bible study, I was telling them that darkness, darkness is not a thing. Like, it's the absence of something. Right? It's the absence of light. It is not actually a thing. That's why the Bible says that uh, um, in him was light and the, the oh, what is that scripture? The, the darkness could not overshadow the light. Because wherever there's darkness, if you introduce light, the darkness leaves. Because it's not really a thing. The darkness didn't come. It's the light that left. Are you sure? So if you say you have light in you, how can there be darkness? Because it's not like darkness is a thing that can be competing with the light. If it was a thing and it was competing with the light, then you say that, oh, darkness has more power than light. Or in your life, the darkness is stronger than the light. But if darkness is not a thing, and it is light that is the thing, and light is in your life, how can darkness be there at the same time? How can darkness be sharing a space with light? 
So immediately you become born again. You become sensitive to sin because there is, like, when the light comes, the darkness has to go. And anytime there is darkness in your life, you realize that there is something wrong. You can tell that something has gone wrong. Why is there darkness? Like, if, if you are in the house and all of a sudden around 6 p.m., you see that the whole place is dark. What do you go and do? What do you do? You go and turn on the light. And when you go and turn on the light and there is no power in it, and you say, ah, okay. Um, a few years ago, you can just say, ah, okay. Because now we knew that when the doors were around, somebody has taken his light. But anytime, if you don't have light, one of the first things you do is that you go and check your meter. You check whether it's your credit or it's the whole area. And even if it's the whole area, you want to find out. <laughs> even if it's the whole area, you want to find out if maybe a transformer somewhere has blown or like is a national thing. Then you start asking your friends, please, do you also have lights? Do you have lights? Do you have light? Anytime you find a sin lurking around your life, you have to start checking the meter. You have to start checking. Hey, where's the light? Because the sin is darkness. So you have to start checking. Where's the light? Where's the word of God? If you have to buy extra credit on your meter too, you know what to do. Right? Then the next thing is that your attitude to God's word changes. You know that unbelievers don't like to hear the word of God. Your sinners don't like to hear the word of God. It's very annoying to them. Sometimes they send when they send me on an errand and I have to use my my car, my father's car. I have to use my father's car, and um, the intern in the office joins me, and we are going. He's always complaining. Me, they're my car every day, preaching, every day podcast, every day gospel music. It's what they want more shatawale ne kakra. It's even what they want pay shatawale kra. Sometimes you ask me, so are you trying to say that your phone, there's no shatawalis on your head? No. <laughs> like, it's, it's almost like an allergy. He can't stand the presence of the word of God or gospel music or something. It's, it's like, Eesh. why are you worrying me? Usually when he sits in the car and maybe they sent us to go somewhere, the first thing you do is that you take his earpiece, put it in his ears. Within five, ten minutes, you see that he's asleep. Because the word of God worries him. Do you know why? Because there are certain things when you start doing it, the word of God will worry you. Because the word of God will come and tell you that what you are doing is wrong. And you don't want to hear that what you are doing is wrong. Because the thing sounds nice. And it feels nice. So you don't want to hear it. And that's how unbelievers are. So when you get born again, 
your attitude to God's word be changed. Now you crave more of it. So now think about it. You that you've not been reading your Bible. Start asking yourself a question. You see that almost everything in Christianity boils down to the word of God. Because if it's not God's word, then what are you telling me? Psalm 19. No, in fact, Psalm 1. Psalm 1, sorry. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Say day and night. He's like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields fruits in its season, and its leaves do not, and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. And later on, when you read, you see that this is the man who is, who is described as the righteous man. There are two, there are three main characters in this: the righteous man, the wicked man, and God. And this is the man who is described as the righteous man. And we know that if we've been saved, then we have God's righteousness. So, if you have God's righteousness, you delight in God's law day and night. When you hear preaching, you don't change it and listen to politics. When you hear preaching, you don't change. When you hear gospel music, you don't change the channel and go and listen to Shatawali. There's no anything. I just have a problem with the reason why, like, Ghanaian youth follow that man. If, if anybody, who, who here likes Shatawali? I won't, I won't suck you, don't worry. Who here likes Shatawali? <laughs> who likes Shatawali? Hey, choristers. Somebody likes Shatawali. So, uh, you like Shatawali? Why? Come, come, come. Clap for Sua, come. Come, come. What do you like about Shatawali? Tell us. So is my best friend. I know his auntie. I know his whole family. I know his house. <laughs> the day he doesn't come to church, I can go and take him from his house and bring him. He just give me five minutes. So uh, why do you like Shatawali? I like the way he sings. Go and sit down, go and sit down. <laughs> oh, the nice, nice gospel singers. Is that Wally's voice that is nice for you? Hey, bro. And the next thing you have is that you have an inward witness. Romans 8, 15 to 16. Romans 8, 15 to 
Romans 8, verse 15 to 16. You have an inward witness. For you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit is an inward, is your inward witness. He's the one who tells you that you are a child of God. You wake up in the morning, you are sad, but you are a child of God. Yesterday, from around 12 1, so this morning, <laughs> from around 12 a.m. 1, till this morning, till the time I sat in my car, I was very sad. I won't tell you why. I was quite sad. But the Holy Spirit reminds me that I'm a child of God, and that's enough joy. That's enough joy. Your inner with your inward witness. The Holy Spirit is your inward witness. You are saved. You have a witness. Wake him up. You have a witness. It's called the Holy Spirit inside. He assures you that you are a child of God. Sorry for those who don't do their quiet time and those who don't have personal fellowship with God. But if you don't do those things, you have a very hard time listening or hearing the Holy Spirit talk to tell you you're a child of God. You have a hard time. But when you do these things, there are some days that I'm happy. I don't have sin in my pocket, but I'm happy. Because I have remembered that ha, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. First John. First John four verse one to six. No, first let's do um, John 10. John 10 verse 3 to 5. The next thing is that when you get saved, you can easily discern error. You can discern error. Not sin, error. John 10 verse 3 to 5. Let's hurry up and wrap up quickly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my father's, hey, no. John 10, 3 to 5, not 25. 
John 10 verse 3. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own by name and leads them out. For when he has brought all out of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. 5. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the, the voice of the stranger. As a child of God, you can easily discern error. There are some errors you study, you study, you study, and then when somebody is lying to you and the person is quoting scripture and doing all the gymnastics with scripture, you can still tell that this person is lying. And sometimes you can tell that it's not his fault. Right? But there are some, there are some errors that you should not fall for as a child of God. There are some errors you shouldn't fall for. Some of you have heard things from so many different places. It affects the way you read the Bible. It affects the way you think about God. You should be able to easily discern error. When somebody says something, it sounds like the word of God, but he's lying. You have to be able to tell. And these things... I told you from the beginning but that these parts, the things that can, can show that you are a child of God, they are not things that um, you get just like that. As you grow, they become stronger. So your ability to discern error becomes stronger as you grow, as you grow up in God. Not just, uh, you just became born again today. Now you can tell this person is a false prophet. This person is a who sent you. Then the next thing you begin to do is that you begin to share your faith with others. You begin to share your faith with others. I tell people a lot that the, the devil is very hardworking and he has very strong evangelists. The devil has a lot of evangelists. Anytime somebody tells you to drink, he's the, the devil's evangelist. Anytime somebody tells you, oh, just smoke small. Is a chief evangelist in the devil's kingdom. Sack him. Or that boy comes to tell you that, oh, you, let's just, if you go and visit the boy, he tells you, close the door, go out. Just go. Just stand and go. If you ask you why you going, just tell him, oh, nothing, I'm going. I'm just going. Because immediately the door closes, he can become a chief evangelist of the devil. And so, as children of God, we also have to be able to share our faith with others. Share your faith. Don't be quiet. Don't think they know. Tell people, if Jesus has saved you and you are happy that you are a child of God, tell people to come in. Help people come in. Don't be selfish. Share your faith. Next thing is that your attitude towards the world changes. 1 John 2, verse 15 to 17. We'll read it. Write it down. Your attitude to the world changes.
one of the implications of us being children of God is that we will not be here for even the sinners will not be here forever. Jesus is coming back again. Now, if you have the idea that Jesus is coming back again, there are certain things that you don't carry on you. You don't allow them to worry you. Of course, the cares of life will come. And they will come and disturb you small. But you, your attitude to the world changes. The cares of this world, the, the sins of the world, everything changes because you know you are a child of God. You put all those things behind you. You are just on a journey. You are a traveler. You don't... You see, travelers, travelers don't build houses. They carry tents. You don't build a house. You go. You saw fornication. You built a house there. They know you. Cheap fornicator. You were going and you saw this club. They, they know you. They mentioned your name. You, When you go there, your name is on the, the gold plaque card. You are the one who, has, who came to buy the most drinks here. When you go to SHS, you build a house there. The one who came to, who came to smoke his life away. Your attitude to the world changes. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 17, your attitude to prayer changes. You begin to love to pray. You begin to love to pray. If you are here and prayer is a bother, please change your attitude. There are a lot of things prayer does for you that you may not see immediately. There are certain prayers I prayed when I was in JHS that are still carrying me till today. When I was in JHS 3, I prayed a prayer of no delay. You know what it means? It means that any t- my education, I don't, I've, I've never skipped a class. But in my, in my life, I never delay. I never go. Um, if I have to get to SHS 1 in this year, I will get to SHS 1 in that year. If I have to go to the university in this year, I'll go to the university in that year. No delays. My life, no delays. I failed Wasi miserably. <laughs> but still, no delays. And that prayer took me, was just recently that it occurred to me that it's that prayer that has been taking me all along. When I, when I finished school, national service, the day I ended national service was a Friday. Monday, I was at work in a different company. It's not like the people even employed the national service people employed me in a different company because I prayed a prayer of no delay. I've not stayed home. And I will never stay home until I choose to. Pray, oh. Pray. It will help you. Pray. Spend time praying. Let's be on our feet. Let's be on our feet. We lost a lot of time. Today you've heard different things about the assurance of your salvation. You want to pray and tell God that he should help you to develop these characters. He should help you to develop these characters. He should help you develop these characters in your life. That you be sensitive to, to God. Your attitude towards the word of God will change. You won't be allergic to God's word. Open your mouth and pray. Open your mouth and pray.
somebody about I want to start exhibiting the signs of a child of God. When it comes to my assurance, let me have that firm assurance that I am a child of God. Help me to study your word, to know your word, to know it inside out, to know that I am your child. No matter what happens to me, I am your child. No matter where I pass, I am your child. Whether my parents love me or they leave me, I am your child. No matter what kind of rejection I will face, I am your child. No matter who does not like me, I am your child. Tell God you want to have that assurance. That I am a child of God. When sin comes your way, that you will remember that you are a child of God. When depression is coming, meet it with the statement, I am a child of God.
Thank you for listening. God bless you.